Betches Media presents At Betches, a podcast hosted by Betches co-founders Jordana Abraham, Sammy Sage, and me, Aileen Drexler. We talk about it all from the latest celeb drama to the best movies to TV shows that we're so obsessed with right now. We share all of our thoughts, even the unpopular ones. Welcome to our pop culture group chat. This is going to be just like senior year, except for funner. Hello, and welcome back to the App Batches podcast. I'm Sammy. I'm Jordana. And I'm Aileen. Lots to discuss. Barbie movie trailer just came out. Everyone's obsessed. But first... How's everyone's week going? I am personally a very pu- feeling very puffy after Passover <laughs> Lots of salty foods. What? How are your? How's your guys' Seder week? Well, I had the ideal situation. Well, not the actually not the ideal situation. So we I had a U up recording, and then so we left for the city for my mom's house for the Seder late, and it took us like three hours to get there and so much traffic. It was oh like my god, bumper to bumper traffic. But the good part is that we missed the actual Seder and we got there right in time for the dinner. So That's great. That's that's a fun thing. It was like a trade-off. I was also blessed by the traffic gods because I was released from the Seder. We were also going to be sitting in like three hours of traffic to drive to New Jersey for the Seder. But Avi, like, I wasn't done with the morning announcements. And you know what the sages were up against, like the sunset situation. Like we have a hard stop at sunset. Oh, yeah. So – by the time Avi was like, we need to leave right now, I was not dressed. I was in the middle of like starting the morning announcements. It was four o'clock. So he was like, you stay home and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take one for the team. But also it was like, you know, it wasn't all his sisters, you know, it was like kind of a small crowd. So I think it was, you know, I think it ended up being okay. And now I'm much more uh, alert for this episode. Let's just say that. Instead of staying in a late theater, I was going to say that we can both thank our jobs at Betches for uh, <laughs> our podcasts for making us sleep late. I didn't have um, like any traffic situation because mine was my mom. I did it last minute. My mom was like, "What are you doing for Passover?" I go, "Nothing," and she's like, "Oh, me neither." She's like, "Do you want me to cook and like come over?" I was like, "Yeah," because like I don't want to cook anything. So I just like hosted the seder, and my mom made all of the food. And brought it all over. And I just like made a nice table what setting and I printed some Haggadahs. But then she ended up bringing her own and it was way longer than mine. And Rusty was like, all right, that's enough plagues. Let's keep going. <laughs> and like it was just it long. Was long. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm, I love like Jewish food. What is your favorite Jewish? What's your favorite Passover? You love Jewish food? Like really? I love chopped liver. I love matzo ball soup. I fucking yeah. just love it. I love gefilte fish. You love gefilte fish? I love weird. it with horseradish. <laughs> yeah. oh I've never God. heard anyone say they love gefilte fish. I, I feel like it's it. like stereotypically like the grossest food. No, no. I don't think it's the grossest. It's I can, not the I grossest. can take it. I find Jewish food to be like pretty not good. Like oh, herring it. and like gefilte fish, like all that stuff. I'm like, no, thank you. I would say it's not it's not the kind of food that one would ever order if if they were like never if they were not Jewish. I just can't imagine a situation where anyone would choose to order that food. Like I only I like it for Passover. 
Right. It's how I feel. About, that's how I feel about Thanksgiving food. Like I like it for Thanksgiving, just that one day. Passover food is the absolute worst of all the Jewish holiday foods, though, I, because you can't right, because there's use no, like, any yeast. Any yeast. But, like, I don't mind it. Like, the kugel was pretty good. I had, like, a spinach souffle. You asked what is your favorite Jewish food. Yeah. What was yours? Kugel is my favorite Jewish food. Potato or noodle? Potato. Definitely. Potato. 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 Of course not, not noodle. A, I'm not a kugel person. Potato Keep kugel is, like, the most delicious. It's like a hash brown. I don't think I've no kugel. I don't think me. I agree. I think I like noodle kugel more. It's a little sweeter. That's why I don't like it. I don't want like sugary pasta. You know what else with I cheese? love? You know what? It, oh, that sounds good. You know what I love? <laughs> the Haro set. <laughs> what? What are you? My what is mom going makes on? Amazing Haro set. It's like apples and walnuts. Is and that it's how you so good. It? I had the yeah, Haro set. It is, but it doesn't. Karosa? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. Russian. So I, I ate it this morning <laughs> on set. I ate it this morning on toast. <laughs> and I had some chocolate brows. Ew. I mean, Harosa is not the worst. Haro it's set. definitely not the worst of the pet. I don't the love Pesach the bitter foods. herbs. <laughs> like, yeah, I hope not. <laughs> it's all gross to me. I yeah. think it's all uh, really it's absolutely the worst meal of the year. Like, by a <laughs> lot. Sammy, are you going to be kosher for Passover in Italy? The worst place to be kosher for Passover? I haven't even been kosher for Passover in my own home. Like, I, <laughs> no, it's not happening. I've been, you know what I realized? I, this isn't the first time I've been in Italy during Passover. The first time I was in Italy during Passover, I stayed at your apartment, Jordana, in 2010. And you could, you persuaded me to write your report on the Medici's so that <laughs> you would come, so that. We could go to the Cinque Terre and go for a hike the next day, yes. but you couldn't do it without the report being done on the Medici's. And like, let me just say, it's a great job. Work. <laughs> you think you think you got the better end of the deal, but I know I have a wealth of knowledge about the Medici's now that I would not have had if. Uh, and I don't. So who's laughing <laughs> now? That right? report. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the last time I was not kosher for Pesach in Italy. Is there such thing as unleavened pasta? Matzah. No, no pasta. pasta. Like, what's noodle no, kugel made of? So. Eggs. You aren't really supposed to have noodle kugel on Pesach. I don't think. Oh, maybe like, I didn't then. Yeah. Yes. And even the matzah. I mean, how strict are you being? Remember. Like, it's you no, know, none. I, I had to. I ate. Well, I can't be KP, but I had because I had some toast <laughs> today with my haroses. <laughs> so, um, I uh, yeah. But yeah. even the matzah ball soup on Passover sucks because oh. there's no noodles. What? Oh, Who I don't know noodles. I don't eat I don't noodles, noodles in my matzo ball soup. soup. I like pasta my al dente only. My mom makes only. amazing matzo ball soup. Like you guys kind of Is it the balls some. or is it the soup? It's everything. It's the soup. It's the broth. It's the dill we put it. Oh, just. The dill. Oh, yeah. You got the dill. Eileen, I'm, I didn't realize you had such a love for like, like a genuine love for Eastern European cuisine. That's like, oh, of course. <laughs> oh, my God. When my good. parents go to the Russian store and like bring me food, I'm like so happy. <laughs> I mean, like, ever, it's not it's bad. So good. But, like, I grew up eating it. I mean, same, but I just wouldn't rank it like particularly high. And you know, I mean, yeah, obviously, cuisines. I'm not putting it over like a cacio at Pepe, <laughs> but like sometimes I will. <laughs> 
This episode of App Batches is brought to you by FrameBridge. Around our office, we have so many colorful framed art prints and photos. It creates such a fun atmosphere and gives our space that unique Betches character. I've been a longtime user of FrameBridge because anytime I want to frame something, custom framing can be so difficult and expensive, and they don't always have the sizes you want online if you want to try to frame something yourself. So then your options are to bring something to an expensive framing store or leave it in your closet collecting dust. But FrameBridge makes it so easy and affordable to get your special artwork and memories in frames so you can spice up your space with ease. Basically everything in my house has been framed by FrameBridge. We got our wedding photos done immediately by FrameBridge. We've hung a gallery wall. FrameBridge is truly my go-to. They make it so easy to select a frame to see how they would look online and they send you packaging so that you can send in the thing you want framed so that it won't get ruined. We all know that getting custom frames can be difficult, but FrameBridge is easy and affordable to custom frame just about anything. You can easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a retail store if you need some guidance. You can either upload a digital photo for them to print or mail in an item using their free secure prepaid packaging that I mentioned. Then FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or visit a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. For years, I've used men's razors because the quality of razors for women is seriously questionable. But using disposable men's razors felt like settling, and also they gave me razor burn. That's why I became a loyal customer of the Athena Club razor. And it was truly the easiest, smoothest shave ever. And also the easiest, smoothest decision to become a subscriber to Athena Club. I have officially moved on from my cheap razor era, and now my skin is getting the premium razor it deserves. Athena Club razors are gentle on your skin. They leave your skin smooth. I really have tried a lot of their products and I love all of them, but truly the razor is my favorite. And it looks nice in your shower, which really can't be underestimated. Step up your shaving game now with Athena Club's award-winning razor kit. It is seriously the best on the market and here is why. First of all, the Athena Club razor kit is an absolute steal at just $10, but don't let the price fool you. It packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle. Like I said, it looks great in the shower and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Athena Club's razor glides effortlessly thanks to those five precision engineered blades. The blades are perfectly spaced out to let your hair pass through with each stroke and you'll experience less irritation, which is really the most important thing in my book. If you're ready to upgrade your shaving experience, switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award-winning razor and body products and get 20% off your purchase with code BETCHES at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. So the Barbie trailer came out. Everyone's like flipping out for some reason. Yeah, I saw it. I watched the trailer. The other thing that's really kind of annoying me about this marketing is that where we seem to be repeating the whole Little Miss meme thing, but with the Barbie posters, and so few of them are actually funny that I just get really annoyed every time I see like the shadow of one coming up in my feed. I don't know. It's just – I wish there was like a little more creativity with it. Here's what I don't like about that, like the whole phenomenon of all of it is because it goes so far and for so long. And when you see like corporate companies like putting like their own products on them and that like it goes so far from funny, that's when I'm like, all right, like, come on, you couldn't possibly have thought what genius on your social media team like was like, let's get on this trend and put our suitcases on this. Like, like, no, (laughs) you know? 
I just, I hate when it gets too far. But you didn't like the, what did you think of the trailer? I thought the trailer was like not exactly explaining what was going to happen. And it, it, to me, it had the signs of a trailer for a bad movie, which is that they have like one slightly funny line in it. And the rest is just like visuals. And you can tell that they really dug deep to get that one funny-ish line in it. I could agree that I didn't really understand why everyone was like flipping out at this trailer. Like I thought it was fine. Like I'm kind of like intrigued. I would watch the movie. I, I yeah, think it, it's movie. got a great cast, clearly. But then I did some digging on the whole Barbie movie thing because I saw a headline about Amy Schumer. Apparently this movie has been like in the works since 2009 when I think Mattel sold the rights to it. And it was originally with one studio and then it got moved to a different studio in like 2014. And then in 2016, Amy Schumer had been brought on to play Barbie. And it was like a whole like the internet was like very upset about that, whatever. There was like a whole thing. But besides that, aside from that thing, so Amy Schumer was playing Barbie and then she said she left. She said she left because of scheduling conflicts. But then later on, she was like, actually, that was like kind of a lie. I actually left because I wanted it to be done differently than they wanted it to be done. The studio, she kept saying like the studio Mm -hmm. and she said like, I wanted Barbie to be like an inventor. This is before Greta Gerwig was even like, I think a part of it. Mm -hmm. She's like, I wanted Barbie to be inventor. And then they said that Barbie could be an inventor of like high heels made of jello. And I didn't like that. (laughs) Um, She's like, and then the studio as like a gift sent me a pair of Manolo Blahniks. And I didn't like that as like the idea of like, that's what a woman would want is Manolo Blahniks. So she's like, so I left due to basically like, I didn't want to do my, my team was upset with me, but I didn't want to do it unless it was done the way that I wanted it to be done. So she says she left the Barbie production. And then I think in 2019, they brought on Margot Robbie. But I feel like it would have been a very different movie with Amy Schumer in the lead. So I'm not really like sure. Wreck again. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like maybe that was like where they were going with it or something. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen the script or anything around there. But clearly the movie took a completely different direction um, when they brought on Margot Robbie. But this movie has been like, I guess, 14 years in the making, which is quite a while. Better make back its you know, expenses at the box office because that cast well, I doubt is it not started cheap. filming until... Like, they didn't start filming anything, you know? I mean, it's a very expensive cast. So I, I think it'll I think it'll do well at the box office. It'll do really well if it's a good movie. It'll do fine if it's I'm hoping shit. that it's a good movie. Well, Ryan Gosling said when he got the script, it was the funniest script he ever read. He thought this it was what, really, really good. This is really what I, I thought, like, when I saw the trailer. Like, because I assume, like, trailers have to be, like, PG, right? They have to be distributed fully, right? For the most part. So like what I got from it is like the Jew, like the really good stuff is going to be in the movie. Like the best, the best line was like when he, when she was like, do you want to come over? And then he's like, yeah, sure. For what? She's like, you're like, I don't know. Like that kind of stuff is, I feel like going to be good. And I thought the other brilliant part of it was like that famous shoe scene where she took, takes her foot out of the shoe and it's still her like on the toes. Yeah. I thought that was really good. I have a feeling it's going to be good. Greta Gerwig is a really good movie director, maker, whatever. Yeah, but p- good directors can have flops. No, you for know, sure. Especially but- with, something, with something like this held to such a high standard. I'm sure it's a creative spin, I would imagine. Oh, for sure. 
Because honestly, I felt my issue with the trailer was that I didn't get any sense of what the movie was going to be about. But then I Googled the plot synopsis. And apparently what it's about is that Barbie gets kicked out of Barbie land because she's like not a good enough Barbie. And then she goes into the real world and she kind of experiences like sexism and like the other shit that makes the real world difficult. And she's like, I think she basically is like deciding like do I want to go to Barbie land or do I want to be a real woman and that's kind of like that's what I read about the synopsis online like just a few sentences that's not giving anything away I hadn't read that Ryan Gosling thought it was the funniest script ever which is a great sign in my opinion because like you're gonna co-sign that statement it's a pretty strong statement but it's I feel like based on what you're telling me about the timeline about Amy Schumer wanting it to be like more like uh deep back in 2016 and they didn't ultimately end up changing it to like you know they didn't end up filming to like after 2020 i have a feeling that the studio was like maybe people want this now like they want a more meaningful movie now than they would have in 2017 maybe i mean but margot robbie like literally it like she is is the human embodiment of barbie the doll so like i think that because there's like an aesthetic, like, feeling of familiarity that people are like, okay, I can go with this. Like, I can laugh about Barbie and how ridiculous Barbie, the Barbie world is, but as long as she looks exactly like her, you know what I mean? And Ken, Was Greta too, Gerwig the like, writer? Was she the writer when Amy Schumer was attached or did the writer change? I don't – I think no. she came after – I think she came after Amy Schumer left or the director. I don't know if she's the writer or the director or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly like I I hope it's really good. I would love Same. like a great blockbuster like female movie. You know, I really hope it's it. How old good. is Barbie supposed to be? Was my other question. I don't know. Maybe it's just like a projection of whatever age you want her to be in your imagination. I guess in my imagination, she's like twenty three. Yeah, I think weirdly in my imagination, she's like. But I guess she's a doctor sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> sometimes she's a doctor. She's definitely so not like over 22, but right. she is a doctor. Well, I was thinking in my mind, like that's how old she is. But then it was funny because Margot Robbie is 32 and Ryan Gosling is 42. So it's not necessarily how you picture your Barbie and Ken as being like right. a bit older. But we talk about age a lot on this podcast. <laughs> is it affecting us, do you think? When we had Betcha's Night Out, for everybody who missed Betcha's Night Out, which was the our, our first stand-up show, um, Yamanika Saunders, how good, Jordana, you were with me, how good was so her funny. Barbie? She did a whole long set about Barbie, and it was so fucking funny. Like, people were, like, crying by the end of it, and that was just – it, like, made me see Barbie differently, like, almost. I don't know. It was so good. Damn. I wish I missed that. It was really, really funny. But anyway, we're having another Betches Night Out. Do you think people are going to start naming their kids Barbie, by the way? No. No? Okay. I think Barbie is Barbara. It's Barbara. Like it's yeah, a nickname like, for Barbara. Imagine, right? if they, imagine if they did like a parody on Barbie and it was Bar- It was like her alter ego, Barbara, who decides that like she no longer wants to be like flighty and, and yeah. you know, silly. She wants to be like, like really serious. When she's older, she has children. She's not Barbie yeah. anymore. She's Barbara. She's Barbara. Because responsibilities. Barbara. <laughs> yeah. She becomes like, 
She comes 35. She's like, shit, I got to pay my taxes. That's Barbara. And then she's older. Her Barb. kids are older. Then that's when she becomes, yeah, Barb. And then later on when she like gets her her like thing back, she's like Babs, you know? It's just like a whole yeah. timeline of Barbie's do, we life. We should do the sequels. <laughs> yeah. My stepdad's name is Ken. Oh. Doesn't feel like a Ken. Yeah. From Fun Ken fact. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. I've been to therapy for many years, and whenever I have a problem that I just can't seem to wrap my head about, if I have intrusive thoughts or I have something I just like I'm avoiding, I always go to therapy because I know my therapist can help me work through the issue come out on the other side and just leave the session feeling like everything's going to be okay. Nothing has transformed my life quite as much as my therapy experience. I can't recommend therapy enough and BetterHelp is a great way into it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competition for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios in Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant nearly 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitor are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Should we talk about poop? Oh yeah. Last night was the most, literally, I think one of the most historic Watch What Happens Lives ever. And I really don't want to speaking hyperbolically but it was wild okay i didn't see it so can you just run run down what happened yes so so tom schwartz appears on watch what happens live last night he appears with the special guest little rob lowe rob lowe's son (laughs) who did us all such a favor by not making any of this about whatever show he was trying to promote and was just like tell us more Tell us sure. more, Tom. Tell us yeah, more, it was Tom. Great. It was wonderful. I'm sure his PR team is thrilled with no, his I think, promotion I think, of the show. I think it was good. I think he was very well. I think he was extremely well received the way that he the way that he handled it. It was so interesting. So basically, like, he kind of went on and he was trying very hard to elicit sympathy for Tom Sandoval, like, even more than he was trying to elicit sympathy for himself. Of course. But that's, like, really weird. Like, he was playing it down so much. He said a few things that, like, I don't personally believe can be true, but I'll tell you what he said. He was basically saying that he he found out in August that they had a that Sandoval and Raquel had a one night stand. He claims he didn't realize that it was like an ongoing thing or that it was quote linear. He's like he was like describing. He's like I don't know. Like I think that it became emotional, but I didn't know it was still going on. And then he basically like fucked up and admitted that he knew the whole time. But he then spent since August and then he spent like five minutes trying to backtrack on knowing since August. And he said, like, I really tried to get him to come clean. Um, 
but he had his own stuff going on. He said his dad was sick and, you know, he's going through his divorce and he's, you know, obviously dealing with like financial problems. Wait, he said, can sorry, just to clarify, he said that Tom Sandoval's brother has cancer and no, Tom Sandoval's no, no. dad is sick. No, his own. So he, that's why he was distracted. And because Andy okay. was like, well, why didn't you tell Ariana after Tom wasn't telling Ariana? Because like, she's your friend. He said, I told Tom what to do. He said, like, you have to tell her. And Tom gave me, like, Tom uh, Sandoval said, like, I have a whole plan. Like, I'm going to tell her. Like, pro I promise you. But then he – Tom Short said, like, but he kept procrastinating. And he wouldn't say anything. And then Rob Lowe's son was like, why were you, like, so complacent with all of this? Like, why are you just, like, whatever? And he's like, well, I – I mean, so this is not an excuse. But, like, I had all this shit. I was just really – in wrapped with my own life. Like my dad was dying, almost died. My brother has cancer. So I just, maybe I should have like cared a little more, but I just didn't enough. And he's like, and Tom essentially let me down. He told me he was going to do all these things. And he like, he sa sabotaged or whatever the word he used our business. And he got me in the middle of it. The thing that I didn't understand about the timeline was Sandoval told Schwartz that Sandoval had a one-night stand, right? He found out in August. But then Andy said, so... After Sheena's wedding, he claims. But it doesn't make any sense because Sheena when was got Sheena's married wedding? on August 23rd. August. 23rd, okay. the end. Same anniversary as me. So, I know. So, he... <laughs> <laughs> Not to make this about you. <laughs> so, if he's saying he like found out in August... If he's saying he found out in August, it had to have been like August 24th through the end of to 30, how many days? 31, 30? I can't 30. remember. Which is important because in this episode that aired today, which Watch What Happens Live followed, Schwartz and Raquel make out. Like they kiss, they fully make out. And Schwartz was like fully like, this is, I, we really had a connection. We had an emotional connection. It wasn't a cover-up because that was the first question. Like, was this a cover-up? He was like, no, I really liked her. And we had an attraction, but I don't understand the whole timeline about the the one night stand, him finding out in August. Alien. He's lying. It doesn't make any sense. No, Why I would he lie at this point? No. No, because it doesn't make any because sense. Because he's trying to cover up how long he knew and how little he did about it. Exactly. That's still a long time to know and very little to do, though. Know, like, what's the he difference? He only knew about a one-night stand. That's he didn't know that it was progressing. Wait, there's more that he said. He said that in January is when Tom Sandoval came clean to Schwartz saying that they've been in love. They're in love. And that he's obsessed with Raquel. Like, obsessed. He said that Tom Sandoval has... You have to, he goes, you have to understand, yeah. Tom Sandoval has ADHD. He gets, when he gets obsessed with something, he's obsessed. So he goes, Raquel is Sandoval's heroine. And then he goes, he bet, he's like, he's her heroine. He's he got her lost heroine. in the sauce. He got, he got lost. He literally goes, he got lost in the sauce. And he's like, he's obsessed with her. He Still? also, yeah, well, he said yes. Well, no, wait, Aileen, here's why this was all bullshit. Because he why? also, at the same time as he's laying out this timeline, he's like, actually, Sandoval was telling me that he was broken up with Ariana the whole time. And he keeps that claiming. That doesn't make any sense. Right? Because, again, you're her friend, too. Wouldn't you know? Wouldn't you see them together? You are literally filming together, and they're acting like a couple. No one else thinks that they're broken up. I doubt he just goes and talks to Ariana. Like, I'm sure he only talks to Sandoval when they're not filming. Yeah, but they, but 
regardless, you have these are their real friends. They know right. that they're not sense. broken up. That so he tries to both say like they're broken up, but then also tell this timeline story. The whole thing is a lie. He's known since Why Coachella. Why say anything then? Because he's being asked by Andy Cohen on live TV. He agreed to come I don't on. feel like Tom Schwartz would be a good liar is my only rebuttal to that. I haven't seen the thing yet. It I haven't seen it yet. The other thing that he says, this is what I was going to say earlier, was that he said it's, it was sort of like an unknown secret. Like it was an open secret that they were hooking up. That Ariana and Sandoval were like totally on the outs. They weren't at all really happy or sleeping with each other. They were basically broken up. And he said that it was a very known to everybody that Raquel and Sandoval were together. That's what well, he said. that's the biggest thing. Which I've heard. I heard that it was known by like Tom's band members. And Ariana. But I, I've heard. But I, I've also heard people speculate that it was known by Ariana. Someone also asked about their trip with Joe, like the one that Tom, Joe, and Sandoval and Raquel took. And mm. Schwartz claimed that Sandoval smuggled Raquel in to the to that trip. And Rob Lowe's son goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Right, well, he had his <laughs> one smuggle a, a person to like Aspen. Can you smuggle me?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It's like put her in a put him in, her in a suitcase like she's Taylor Swift. Like it just doesn't. The whole thing is a lie. I truly be- refuse to believe that Schwartz has not known since Coachella used this entire season to cover up for him because he says he wasn't a decoy, but like the man is obviously lying. It's just so clearly not true because you can so also see on the show episode. like he has no real, there's no attraction. There's no pull between him and Raquel. It is so clearly like a joke between the two of them, like wink, wink. But and you contrast that to like the way he feels about Katie and who's like he treats like shit, but he clearly does have like an attachment to her. It's just so different. <laughs> like he's like drawn to her, to Katie. He has no pull to Raquel. They like unite for what literally I, I looks agree. like they're filming a scene. The the, yeah. the thing about the band members being an open secret, it had to have been that way. Obviously, because like that's when they cheated. She came to all the shows and they obviously hooked up after. Like there's no way that she just went to the show and went home. (laughs) That's how it got to Dumois probably. I think there's no way that maybe a lot of people knew, but I don't think Ariana knew because if Ariana knew, why would she be at Tom's show? Right, the Sandoval show, Mm -hmm. and then why? And then if Sheena knew, why would she like punch Raquel? When she find out. She didn't punch Raquel. She didn't punch her. She pushed her. Or hit her. Pushed her. Whatever. Another thing Andy asked about was like, why last time when you were on watch – or a, a guest, a, a like a, a fan called in and was like, why last time when you and Sandoval were on Watch What Happens Live, why were you looking to him for, for what to say? And Schwartz goes – I was just trying to, you know, be be inclusive and and include Tom in my answers. And Andy was like, "No, you weren't. Like, it looks like you were looking to him for what to say." And I don't know. I just think Schwartz has no like realistic perception of what's going on because Andy asks, like, "How are you with Ariana?" Schwartz goes, she's neutral towards me. I'll always love her. He says, "Katie's fine with him." Andy's like, "I don't think that's true." And then at the end. Andy asks Schwartz, like, do you have anything else to add? Like, and he's like, if you see Sandoval, like, give him a hug. He's down bad. Like, he might not deserve it, but just try to be, give him a hug. It's like, you have so much more sympathy, empathy for this man than you do for your ex-wife. 
And oh my god, the pe- the woman that he cheated on, who's supposedly like your good friend, it's just yeah. He also was like he was talking. He's like you know. The vandalism and the vitriol has gone too far. Like all the vigilantes, and and then and then Andy or or, or Rob Lowe's mini Rob Lowe Jr. was like, I think his name is John. Um, John Owen <laughs> was was just was like, okay, like what what did they do? He's like, you know, like people threatened to pour beer on him, <laughs> and they 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 called him out. They yelled at him. They said cheater. And then Andy's like, so they did they pour beer on him? He's like, well, no. <laughs> They threatened to. <laughs> they threatened to. Weddings are all about the bride and groom, but we all know they're a chance to look your best too. With a fully custom suit from Indochino, you'll walk into wedding season looking like a million bucks, even though suits start at just $499. It's easier than ever to be the best dressed guest with Indochino. Order your custom suits now and be ready for wedding season. Design the suit of your dreams and fine-tune every detail, including lapels, linings, monograms, pocket flaps, and more. Get a bespoke look without the premium price tag. Suits starting at $499 and fitted shirts at just $89. You can get a tailored fit from home by setting up your measurement profile on Indochino's website and choose customizations without ever leaving the house. Or opt for a premium in-person experience. Book an appointment at a showroom near you and let an Indochino style guide walk you through every step. Look your best this wedding season at the table or on the dance floor when you wear Indochino. Go to Indochino.com today and use code Betches to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code Betches. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There's no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So it's no big deal if you lose a button, spill something, or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code Betches20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code Betches20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two U's, and use code Betches20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. It gets better. And then <laughs> and and then he was talking about how like, you know, I'm just I'm really mad at Tom, uh, Sandoval because, you know, he really he didn't realize that he was like putting all of his his band at risk, his businesses at risk. And and Andy goes like, "Oh, like what's been going on with Short or or somebody asked Shorts and Sandy's like, "How are your businesses?" He's like, "Well, at first they really, you know, took a hit." But now, like, I go there and there's so many people there. (laughs) He's like, it's doing great, actually. (laughs) He was like, it's been doing amazing. And, you know, I'm there. If anybody wants to talk to me about this thing, I could talk all day if you want to come. Like, literally, he was- Someone should. I want to go there. Full switch. He was like, he was like, he is. Whole demeanor change. He's so dumb. Or what about when he's like, I put my band member, or he's like, Tom put his band members at risk. He put his, he put our business, our partners at risk. And and John Owen Lowe was like, like, 
like, or, and then he, and then he's like, and Ariana, and John Owen was oh, yeah. like, nice safe. <laughs> Nice safe. <laughs> the thing that I thought well, that I'm kind of excited about is they talked about the reunion and Schwartz was like, Sandoval was eviscerated. He's like, I've never seen Ariana like this. She rips him apart. And then Andy agreed. He was like, Sandoval has been like a shell of a human being. And Andy was like, that's how I kind of also got his vibe. He seemed like kind of a shell of a person. And they also said like they didn't really – take apart Raquel or like Raquel like handled it a bit better but Tom Sandoval was like torn he's like I've never seen anything like this it's gonna be crazy that I am it's gonna be good television I mean that's what everyone wants (laughs) they're gonna milk it honestly like it doesn't really sound that bad to me that his punishment for doing this is that he feels like a shell of himself for a month or two or even like a year I like you you dated this woman for 10 years and then you cheated on her with your colleague. It's like, yeah, you kind of should feel like a little bit of a shell of yourself and be really ashamed of your actions. I don't know that she, I don't know that anyone said that. that I think they ashamed. were just saying, yeah, they just said he's like down. I don't know if anyone, that's kind of like, that's that the obsessed. most annoying thing. The most annoying thing is that he doesn't really seem that, from what I've seen so far, that remorseful. And it's more like, you can be like sad because you're the most hated man in America at the moment. But it doesn't necessarily – that doesn't necessarily mean you regret your actions. Well, then he deserves to feel like a shell of himself even more if he doesn't regret his actions. The thing that I'm kind of like – I'm not happy he's a shell of himself. I'm, you know, like I'm not like taking – what is it called? Shroud and fry? Um, But like when it all happened, everyone started to tear apart Raquel. That was like the first – thing initial reaction of like the internet they like started to tear apart Raquel with the Rachel and they were like really tearing her apart when really it's Tom right like he's the most I think it's no, it's, it's also Raquel it's her yeah too. but yeah if she was just like a random woman I agree I agree, I agree but still like Tom is the, Tom is the one cheating on Ariana Raquel is her best friend or whatever she oh, could have been not down not. to do it she's not her best friend that's what she keeps claiming. Raquel, no, but she's not. She was like going on at like a press tour saying how much she likes Ariana, but she was never saying she was her best friend. She's really Honestly, good friends with Sheena. She's new. Sheena and Ariana are best. She's not new real. anymore. She's been on the show for like five Ariana years. Ariana are best friends. Like that's real, but it's it's not real. I just mean that like I'm kind of happy that Tom is sort of getting as much as Raquel is because. Because before Tom was like kind of not like it was all Raquel on the internet, and I didn't, I didn't see way. much about Tom. No, I didn't feel that way. I think because everyone found out that her name is really Rachel, that like created random a bit people of its held own on frenzy. to this like petty thing. But also, yeah. she's also given like really weird interviews. Like she's the one who call who is the one who's sitting outside the nail place in a folding chair, like talking to TMZ. Honestly, like I think, yeah, obviously Tom is worse, but I think that this yeah. is not a, a typical other woman situation where like he plucked a random woman out of thin air and no, had I, an affair. I agree. Like, all I'm saying is know. I'm glad that it's not like all on her and that like Tom is sort of getting away with it less scathed than she is because I felt very like the internet was overwhelmingly like going after Raquel way more at least in the beginning than Tom and I feel like it's equally if not like like you know more so Tom than her and like she's a bad friend he's been with her for 10 is the biggest betrayal by him not her 
like she's just like an asshole. Like I think I think the difference is that like Tom this is who Tom is. Like he's in his early 40s, let's say, and this is like who he is. This is crystallized as his personality. He's done it several times. He continues to do it again even as he's in the public eye. Raquel is still like under 30 and she's young and she's very impressionable. She got on the show when she was like 24. I still think there's hope for Raquel younger, I think. When she no? was on the show. Oh right, she was Did right. she just graduate? Yeah, she had. I still think there is hope for Raquel to be like knock herself like out of this and be like, I was in my twenties. I behaved like an asshole and that was really fucked up and wrong of me. And she could like turn it around. She could this is around. Tom Sandoval for life. I also agree. And I also think that like, again, I don't, I think Raquel has a lot of blame, but I think that Tom Sandoval, you can see in his personality is like very into people who are like idolizing him and very much like letting him be, be in charge, which you see very clearly in his relationship with Tom Schwartz. Um, yeah. And it's like, what you know, that's like the crux of the battle between like Tom and Katie is like that he's more loyal to Tom Sandoval than he is to her. And mm. I feel like he would be very easily able to manipulate Raquel. And again, oh, not yeah. that she is not someone who was like probably down anyway, but I think that I would imagine the dynamic of their relationship is that he is very much like the alpha of the totally. relationship. Absolutely. And, and Yeah. Also, just really funny, last night during the episode, Schwartz said that he thought he was a great husband. And then he opens up the Watch What Happens Live and he's like, can you tell me why you think you're a great husband? And he's just like, just rambles. Like, we really, you know, we were together. He didn't even say we one, ev- he piece say of one example. Because he was pretty objectively a shitty husband. He's like, oh, we had great times. It'd be great times. We have really great memories. You know, uh, Vanderpump really shows snippets, but we had such beautiful things. And any of these, like, so n- any examples? <laughs> and, and then he just he just goes on to the next question. It was really funny. All right. Who do you guys want to send to the Cayman Islands today? Tom Schwartz? I think it's yeah. got to be Tom Schwartz. <laughs> He's probably going to have a great time with his, like, fucking flip-flops. Like... <laughs> He's he slides. He wouldn't mind. He would be cool with sitting comfort plus. I think too. Yeah, Schwartz is like Schwartz is more apathetic about his own life than he is about like. How does he have this bar? It really just fell into his lap. Sandoval. Everything has fallen into Schwartz's lap. He only is even on this show because he was dating Katie. Well, Uh do you remember when he said? Do you remember when Sandoval was like, "I put food into like yours and Katie's like food on your table." (laughs) Yeah. He's such an asshole. Remember when he called him his sidecar? Yeah. Like, you he treat literally this man did like, in his sad sidecar, though. Yeah, he did. <laughs> like, you treat this man like he is your, he's like your personal second-class citizen. It's very But Tom Schwartz offensive. is, like, cool with it. So, I, I mean. Think he, I think Tom Schwartz's perception of things is, like, deeply off. But, like, he doesn't realize also- that Ariana and Katie are both really, really, really fucking mad at him following their union. And Andy's like, I didn't get the impression that they're just, like, cool with you. Right. Right. It's also funny that you've had like that you're saying that about Tom Sandoval like and Tom Schwartz when Tam- Tom Sandoval claims that Katie is the one that's like the abuser of Tom Schwartz. That was like their big feud. Like who was more abusive of Tom Schwartz, Katie or Tom Sandoval? Sandoval is definitely more abusive of Tom Schwartz. Katie is like tr- is in a dysfunctional relationship with her husband. Like that's the that's the difference. It's like Katie's trying to assert herself and they're clearly dysfunctional 
because yeah, I don't think together. it's like all you know on Tom I mean? Schwartz. Katie also has her own kind of toxic tendencies, but yeah, right. but I she, agree. they're together, so she wouldn't even be with him if she didn't have her own toxic tendencies. But I'm just saying, do you remember the episode where like Tom Sandoval is literally crying, saying that Katie You're is a battered an wife? Uh, uh, yeah, that Tom Schwartz is a battered wife. The um, even just like in this in this last episode where they have like their like divorce celebration dinner and they get into a massive fight, you could like feel the dysfunction, like. And it has a lot to do with alcohol and and Tom Schwartz putting his foot in his mouth 24-7. Like cannot, cannot filter himself, does not think of Katie's feelings in anything he says. But Katie also cannot drop something. And it's just dysfunction after dysfunction. I think that they, they, they affect Tom Schwartz differently. I don't know who's more abusive because I don't know if that's the right word, but it's like the way their relationships are toxic for different reasons, I think. But Tom Schwartz, I think, is very comfortable in the position of like like subordinate to friends. Like he is comfortable like being sort of just a sidekick. He likes it. He doesn't want to make decisions for himself. He like he enjoys being fo- yeah. follower. Like he doesn't want to take responsibility for anything. He likes just being like s- just sliding on the side. He doesn't want to be yeah. like this main character. He well, doesn't I, want to be the number one guy in this group. He does not no. want to do that. Well, Which, I, I think okay, it's just more problematic. But I think the thing is that, like, in a, the the Sandoval relationship does not need to be as toxic as it is because, like, you're friends. Like, you don't really have to keep being like this. With Katie, you kind of see like they've been dating since they were really young. They've been on this show. It supports. It really like reinforces kind of shitty behavior. And you can kind of see why, like, that relationship makes sense in the dysfunctional way that it is. But the Sandoval-Schwartz thing is, like, it's very hard to watch someone get abused by their friend. Because it's like, why do you take this? But I do think there's – I was actually rewatching the – I'm rewatching Vanderpump, obviously, as we – you know, as the days go on. And I I was watching recently the um, episode of Tom and Katie's wedding. And Schwartz, if you remember, like Schwartz's brother, like Schwartz's dad wouldn't didn't come to the wedding because he was afraid of flying. His two twin brothers, Jax was trying to like arrange for them to get there and he couldn't reach them because they share one pay-as-you-go cell phone. And they like missed the flight to get to to get to the wedding. It's like I don't think Schwartz comes from a family that is all it's all there, if you know what I mean. Right. He definitely probably didn't have like just like a standard upbringing. Yeah, there's definitely some stuff there, but still, sorry, Tom Schwartz, by default, you're going to the Cayman Islands. Yeah, and uh, we have a yeah. we have a reviewer who we're flying to the uh, the Caymans first class, staying in a five star hotel, hypothetically. Virtually. We hypothetically. have DAC nine hundred three, who says that the podcast has hit its stride again ever since we got back from our founders retreat six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's but what I funny. This is my favorite line. This is my favorite line about ourselves. What I love about the betches is they actually take feedback and implement it, which I will say we do try to do. I will we from oh, behind totes. the scenes, we totes. we talk about how to make our show better. We know we talk over each other. We really don't mean to. We're just used to talking over each other in regular conversations because we're so <laughs> enthusiastic about everything. Um, but they here you. for you. <laughs> we here for you. You are going to the Cayman Islands. You're staying in a five star resort. 
you're hypothetically first class. Hypothetically. Yeah, hypothetically. hypothetically. What like maybe million. maybe the Cayman Islands Tourism Board would actually sponsor a trip for that would be like someone. the best. That would Somebody be so bring cool. them sponsoring up. a trip, I would like to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> you could pay for your own trip. Yeah, that would be cool, but that's so funny. Our founders retreat. Maybe our next founders retreat should be in the Cayman Islands. Uh, maybe probably I'd for like content sake. Yeah, I love a tan. Um, all right, this has been fun. That is it for this week's At Batches podcast. You can follow me at Aileen. I'm at Jordana Abraham. And follow me at Sammy. And please leave us a rating and a review. And follow the show on Apple or Spotify. And we'll be back next week on the At Batches podcast. At Batches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow At Batches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.